When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go wash your hands. <laughs> Hello, listeners of the Mad Wash your hands of the Mad Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. Washes his hands, Cogswell. Joined by my co-host, Marie Mayhew. Day drinking Mayhew. <laughs> oh my God. Marie. <sighs> this episode, we are talking about the specter of death, the hall of the unliving, the crisis of our times. Holy smokes. Coronavirus. It's like I walked into a Romero film, right? It's like 28 days later, Night of the Living Dead, except it's not yet. Golden Girls. Jake, roll the tape. It's like Golden Girls. I love Golden Girls. No, Golden Girls is great. So um, this episode, we thought it'd be kind of fun to do coronavirus because it's going to kill us all. And so what would be what would be really chill or what I thought would be exciting would be a, um, you know, something for, you know, when the aliens come back and they're like, why didn't you guys wait around? We built the pyramids for you. What the hell? Um, they'll have this record of what killed us which wasn't our hubris or our stupidity or other aliens or whatever. Mm. It was, um, mm. it was a cold. So, <laughs> and I mean, I feel like people haven't heard enough about it either. Like, I feel like maybe they haven't heard about it in the last like two seconds. Or they haven't thought about it in like, no. the last, I've heard that a lot like, of microseconds. I've heard so that a I lot we need of, to discuss it more. I've heard that a lot of people don't know about the coronavirus, Marie. So that's why we're doing this episode. You know, it's one, you're the, so good. At doing you this know what? Episode. The one thing, the one thing that's kind of been driving me crazy about it is all of the people stockpiling toilet paper. Like as far as I know, you cannot die from a dirty ass. <laughs> well, that's okay. So water and toilet paper now. So again, is it because, cause I think that there is sort of this response, right? It is you, there's some sort of a disaster and you immediately have this fight or flight and you start to hoard. Right. And you, what, what's even more crazy are, are people taking selfies of their hoard. Have you seen yeah, those? It's, it's nuts. It's completely nuts. So, you know, not only are you not contributing to humanity and you are showing sort of your baser, baser instincts in general, but then you're going to, you know, put them online, mementoize them it's for one of, everyone to see. It's one, nice. of, it's one of the things, I guess, though, they don't really talk about, like, in The Walking Dead or any of those other movies or shows or whatever about the apocalypse. They never do talk about what happens when toilet paper runs out. None of the, like, it really takes the edge off of thinking about Rick Grimes and you're just like, that guy smells like a butt all the time. It's terrible, right? It must be terrible to live with Rick Grimes. Um, I guess. So, is, but why, why that? Why hoarding that? Like, it, even just going to, just going to the grocery store, going to Target or whatever, just like walking by and I'm like, why are the shelves so empty? Well, the only as far and then thank God they have still have Chardonnay. They got the boxes of Chardonnay, so I'm like, okay, we're cool. You got it. Chardonnay is a lot but, harder to make than toilet. Well, toilet paper maybe is a little harder to make. I don't know. Wine you can make it like in a toilet in prison, which you know again, I don't know. Not, <laughs> not that far off. But I'm just sort no. of like I don't understand. Okay, so bleach, like just 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 you know, gallons of bleach. I'm like, what are you guys doing with gallons of bleach? Like there is nothing again. Like what are you, are you just, you know, splashing it over your, you know, over your body and going outside and screaming? Like what's going on with this? It's like, Yeah. So uh, the reason we wanted uh, to do this episode basically was because, I mean, first off we, you know, we were kind of, I mean, honestly, it's hard. It's hard not to watch um, the news and stuff. And also hard not mm-hmm. to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, every time I get a new uh, New York Times alert or a Google alert or whatever, it's like, hey, the stock market's down, you know, 2000 points. Um, hope you hope you haven't recently started doing Robin Hood because you thought it was seemed cool, Chris. 
Cogswell, <laughs> which is what you did, you freaking idiot. Um, I was like, now seems like a good time to get invested in the stock market. Bam! But it, it is. The thing it is, is actually, is it but is. whatever, it's this fine. Is the best time to invest. So, um, Just saying. Okay, first of all, we should say really fast – we are not financial experts, and we are not health experts. No, we don't have your doctorate. Your doctor, your doctor Cogswell, but you are not a medical doctor. No, if if the plane, if there was like a, a piping problem on a, on an airplane or something, I could help. But we other have a than nanoparticle that, that's that's, right. that's like harassing the captain, you'd be <laughs> yeah. like, is there anybody who's really good at zeolites on board? My time. Um, be like, yeah, it's not. Hold you know, my watch. But at the same time, though, there is, I think, a lot of. Um, there's a lot of sort of, I think, misinformation out there about it. And frankly, I I know I at least have been falling into it a little bit here when I like, you know, I read stuff and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know how I can gauge whether or not this is real or not, or if it, if it's meaningful in any mm-hmm. way or anything else. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of wanted to have a sort of a, just a rational discussion about this together Hopefully to be at least somewhat – even if it's not going to be you know necessarily educational for you listeners, at least it will be a little bit, um, I don't know, satisfying, I guess. Check. Yeah, it will be fun and it will be it's funny. It's a sanity check. Right. So It's a, it's a semi-sanity check. So the first thing I think that's really interesting is – so uh, a coronavirus itself, right? So a coronavirus is a – it's a specific type of infect- infectious disease. It's a virus – and so uh, what a virus is, or specifically kind of, I guess, the quick answer of, of a virus is that it's a it's an agent that actually will replicate inside of your cells, right? So um, mm-hmm. viruses don't have uh, – there's not like a way – like there's no antibiotics for a virus, right? Right. Um, if it was a bacteria. Right. Then that would different. be fine, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's like so, – so for instance, like flu, the, the flu is a, is a virus, right? It is the yes. influenza or the flu virus. Um, so coronavirus is a specific type of these that are similar to um, – it's like similar to the kind of thing that causes you to get the common cold. Although we don't really know like – the common cold isn't like one thing necessarily. It's just – it's one of these groups of viruses, you know? Right. And I look at – I almost think of these as almost like why can't you use multiple things or one thing for multiple vaccinations or multiple whatever. It's almost like house keys. Or keys to something, right? It's almost like not a one-to-one, but certain things are not going to unlock or help or cure. Even though they might look similar or behave similar, they're different. Right. And so um Right, exactly. They kind of, yeah, it's like some analogy. No, it, it, no, I think it I think it was a pretty good it was like a legitimately, I think, a pretty good one, right? Um I'll take it. The take thing, it. so the reason the the reason it's called a coronavirus is corona, literally the same as the beer. It, it's for the crown. It's for a crown. Um, because under electron microscope, these things look like little. They're like kind of circular, and they have little. Um, almost like you know how like on a crown you see like the it's like a circle, and then there's the little spikes that come up off the top of it. Yeah. Right. It's like it's like almost like a splash or a droplet. Like yes. after something hits water and it drops back up it's that same pattern exactly yeah so it's it's literally like the 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 virus particles themselves have this kind of like hey you know a halo or a crown around them mm-hmm. and so they call them the they call them the coronavirus or it's in the family of um ortho corona or whatever or in the family of coronaviridae. Yes. um so anyways it it's a large it's large in terms of other kind of viruses right it's a large um a large molecule itself, I suppose. And it also, um, it has what's known as a, an envelope around it, or it's an, it's an enveloped virus. And it also mm-hmm. has a, um, it has a specific type of RNA that gives it kind of a, it's like, it's, so it has a, a an envelope around it, which protects it. And then it also has a type of, a specific type of um, genetic material inside of it, like an, you know, RNA, whatever the thing that makes, you know, DNA and everything else. Um, it has a specific so type. It will replicate. Right. It has a specific type of that, though, that makes it replicate a certain way versus, say, other viruses that maybe are, um, you know, negative or whatever. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it has nothing to do with the beer, Corona. Let's just, I know everyone listening is like, oh, Marie, God. But seriously, let's just get that out of the way just in case. It has nothing to do with the beer. The beer just sucks. Yes, the beer is just terrible, right? Um, it mm-hmm. just it's mm-hmm. just really kind of lucky, I think, that it's not called, you know, the uh 
I don't know. The, Pepper-Vison. Right, the, the magic hat virus or something, right? Um, but, so, okay, so that's that's kind of what, in terms of its, like, structure and everything else. So when we think about ways that we can, like, disrupt it or hurt it or everything else, a lot of science effort goes into, like, can we disrupt the, um, can we disrupt its replication, right? Can we disrupt the uh, the thing around the virus, right? That, that uh Yeah, can we weaken the envelope? Right, right, the envelope. Um, you know, that's kind of like where um, where science is right now or where research is kind of working right now. That's how like, a, you know, treatment, but treatment primarily of a virus is basically done on the symptoms, um, not usually the virus itself in any kind of significant way, you know. And I think that that's why this one is sort of tricky because it has different symptoms that are showing up later, right? Like when I was like kind of fact checking myself about, well, what are the symptoms of, you know, of COVID-19? Like I'm going back and forth, like, is there fever or is there not fever? We'll get into that. But like, yeah, I'm just saying that it's sort of hard to decide. Yeah. So the, the only drug currently that's even in any kind of, um, any kind of stage of like potentially being useful is um, remdesivir also known as GS5734, which is being developed by Gilead Sciences. It was initially developed... Did you buy it on eBay? No, so it, well, so it, was, it, it, it was... um It was initially... um What's the word? Along with Clorox wipes, is it on eBay? It's right, like right, a, with that. And, and yeah, they sell it in a little thingy you can buy at an airport. Um, initially, that was developed for the Ebola virus. Um, oh, yeah, okay. But it's been, right. found, it's been found mm-hmm. to be useful for other things too now. Um, specifically other COVID, um, what's the word? Other types of COVID uh, structures and things. So um, like SARS and everything else. Now, the way that this thing works is essentially it becomes, um, so like we said, there's a couple of different ways to like disrupt a virus. One of those ways is to actually get it to um, not be able to reproduce anymore. Right. Or, to mm-hmm. mess up its RNA, that that thing that kind of the RNA gets turned into DNA, and then that's how replication happens, and you know, yada yada yada, whatever, all that biology stuff that I'm not very good at. Um, you know, we're just gonna hand wave like 50 years of biogenetic like research and everything time else. Travel. Yeah, we're just gonna whatever, right? It just happens. We're going the ancient aliens yeah. approach. I don't know how it works. I'm yep. just gonna say magic, but but es- it does. But essentially, essentially though, the way that this drug works. <laughs> is it messes up that replication by causing mutations in the RNA itself. Which makes it, renders it inert. Yes. So it, it basically, inerter. right. It, it causes that. Um, it, it does this in, in a really kind of interesting-ish way um, because it, we don't really, we still don't really know how it does it necessarily. Like we don't know that. Um, so the way that like the way that all these reactions happen in your body are basically like polymer reactions. And so uh, polymer, the way that they grow is it's like um, you have two ends, let's say, and one end is, let's say it's neutral, but the other end is positive. Right. And then you yeah, cause like right. And then you cause a you cause something to happen where a bunch of the other the neutral ends become negative ends. Right. So in a polymer, a lot of the times what this is, is it's like you catalyze it in some way. So you add a what's called a um, an initiator right, or an activator. So you shine light on it, which is like how you cure UV resins or you um, you heat it up and that causes a radical to form. And that's kind of the end that does the reacting. And so now you have a bunch of things that have a positive and a negative end. And those negative mm-hmm. and positive ends just start coming together. And so it just grows really, really quickly. You know, and it, it does what we call kind of exponential growth, which is um, or it can do exponential growth, but it just it grows quickly. Right. That's kind of the main thing here. Um, but right. eventually, eventually, though, that polymer reaction has to be terminated. Otherwise, all of the polymer will react with itself and you'll end up with just like a big like you'll like a plastic bottle is like literally it's one polymer molecule. That seems crazy, but it's because all of the polymer is allowed to cure. Um, so it's allowed oh, to all react okay. and become like one or, you know, one thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So instead, what they can do or what what you can do, I guess, if you're good chemically, is you can in- introduce what's called an inhibitor. 
And what the inhibitor does or a termination molecule, and what that does is it changes all of the leftover negative ends back into neutral ends, right? Or like it caps them Mm -hmm. or something so that further reaction can't happen anymore. And so basically you can kill the reaction very quickly and then um, that replication can no longer happen. Right. So you're basically enabling or not enabling, but um, almost discontinuing its progress. Right. So it's kind of it's like a similar like an analogous kind of idea what they're doing here. They're like causing the replication to terminate. So, you know, the virus can no longer kind of make more of itself. Um, And literally as well, the RNA is being like capped. It's being terminated in some way. Um, But we again, we don't really know how that happens. Um, However, it's what's the word? It's basically um, it causes it to stop being able to replicate itself and stop infecting your cells and and hurting you basically. And you're able to treat it. Like you're able to get, it becomes less of a threat to your immune system. Yes. Yes. So it basically stops being, um, right. Like it's, it's, it stops being replicating. So then your immune system can fight it more easily. Yes. Now, now, so here's, here's my thought though. Like how, how scared should we really be? With all the science, like I get what you're saying, and I get like Gilead's, you know, they're 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 a couple of years though, right? I mean, we're we're a little ways away from this actually being something that's tested and FDA approved, and you know, it's going to be rolling out. Like, and right now, we are in the midst of of all of this information. So, in your opinion, like how 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 worried are you? Oh me, I'm I'm deathly worried. Yeah. Um, because I'm a because I'm I'm like a crazy person. So um, you are not like a crazy so person. The, okay, so right now, so it's interesting, right? When when we were trying to like research for this episode and get stuff that would be useful for you as a listener to like kind of know about this, which was a box of wine. On it's, re- it's really it's really you're welcome, dear listeners. It's really hard to um, find good info. Because there just isn't like it's it's a new it's a new thing. However, we know how other diseases like this have spread in the past, or how other viruses, I should say, have spread in the past like this, like MERS, which is Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, SARS. Um, we know how these other things have spread over time, right? But what we don't know, I guess, on this in this case, is because it is so new, we don't know. For instance, like the transmission rate. Mm-hmm. Which is really important. So, for instance, like you can imagine if um, if every time you if one sick person is on average likely to spread it to two other people, then you have exponential growth. Right. Which yeah. means that so exponential growth is like one person becomes two, two become four, four become um, 16. Right. Like it. Yes. It's 32. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's, a, it's, just, it's square rooted yeah, up and up out. and up and yeah. up and up. Right. So it it's very it doesn't take a lot Which of like it doesn't take a lot of Stephen ch- King, yeah, yeah, Stephen King, Captain Trips kind of stuff. right, yeah, right. It doesn't take a lot of like generations of transmission, let's say, and not really generations, but you know, it doesn't take a lot of stages of transition of uh, transmission rather for it to spread mm-hmm. super fast. Mm-hmm. Based on so that's one issue that we don't really know. We don't know the transmission rate. We also don't know how many people currently have it because you know. Um, it's spreading so quickly and we're so unprepared to test for this thing mm-hmm. in a lot of places that it's really like, we don't, we'd have no idea, you know? Um, so like, that's one thing in the United States and that's one thing we're seeing in China is China had like an explosion of new cases and then the new cases have kind of leveled off. Right. Well, even if you test, like you're not even, you're not even symptomatic, right? So it's like, why would you be testing You'd have to be testing a population that's not right. symptomatic because exactly. as soon as you're symptomatic, you're already you already ha- are you basically have it. Right. So we're all that's the other thing that I think is kind of problematic. Yeah. So we're not we're not like we're not so in other words, we're not proactively testing. We're testing post no. um post like symptoms happening. And not only that, but like yeah. bad symptoms, right? No Just one with a weird. cough. Yeah. No one with a cough and a fever is like, I wonder if I have COVID nineteen. Um, because the social stigma and like the economic stigma and the pressures and everything else, like you can imagine, right? If you are yeah. if you are from like, you know, uh, I don't know, like like ten years old, all the way up to say like sixty years old, right? And you don't have an underlying medical condition, 
you don't have yeah. you're not immune compromised or anything else. If you get this and you have to choose like, well, I work for a company that doesn't give me paid time off. Um, mm-hmm. So and I could lose exactly. my job if I if I yes. go in and I, I can't quarantine myself for two weeks if I think I might have this. Um, you're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and I, you're like, I don't even know if I have it. Right. Like, that's the other thing. It's like I, I have a cough. Exactly. Right? I have a cough and that's it. Like how many things could give you a cough? A million different things could give and, you a cough. And that's what goes back to the challenge that Marie, you were saying earlier was that <laughs> if you're like, so the symptoms of this thing range all the way from like, you know, cough, shortness of breath, um, uh, you know, uh, high fever, like fever. that kind of stuff yeah, all the way to like, cannot breathe anymore, pneumonia, um, you know what I mean? Like need a respirator right. to live. Right. So to nothing. Right. You could have it and not be symptomatic. Right. Oh, yeah, pretty, exactly. You know, all the way to you not having anything for like a week. And then one day you wake up and like you have a fever and whatever, but you seem okay. It all depends yeah. on like how healthy you are to begin with. You're in personal kind of resistance to this in terms of your immune system. Um, all, you know, millions of different factors. So it's right. super hard to know. On, but on the other hand, though, we do know from estimates already that the, the rate of you uh, passing away from something like this is between 3 and like 4%. And again, that number is kind of skewed because the people – you can imagine if this is – and we can't say for certain, but you can imagine the people who are going to hospitals mm-hmm. and reporting that they think they might have this – are the people that are really symptomatic? Well, debatable, right? I mean, that's I think true. That this brings up an this brings up an excellent point and a very good question because there's no hard data to come out of um, yet that they've been able to to start to define for symptom surveillance, which is something that the CDC is actually has the capability to do. So the CDC can monitor. Um, emergency rooms to know kind of what is the prevalent reason that someone or a group of people over a period of time are coming in and reporting to say like, again, with something like this, if you are coming in and all of a sudden this, it starts to spike, you know, visits to the emergency room with this actual diagnosis start to spike, then you're able to understand sort of all right, we've moved into this level with this disease, mm. right? People are now going into the emergency room. Uh, the emergency, you know, the triage is saying, actually, yes, you do have this or you don't have this or we're starting to treat like this. But there's also the idea of, you know, I think I may have it, so I'm going to go into the emergency room, but I don't have it. So they're almost having to do, you know, double duty within healthcare of just being able to, you know, because of the scrutiny, the media, the concern about this, about, you know, just being on the receiving end of that and having to kind of weed through a lot of people that are now coming in very concerned about uh, about their health. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's absolutely true. So I guess and that's what makes this such a challenging thing, like even in a even in a perfect situation where we had like we knew this was coming. You know what I mean? We knew that this oh, yeah. was going to happen. Oh, yeah. We had testing protocols in place with everything else. And like, in, in all fairness, we probably should have thought that something like this might happen because there have been enough close calls over the years that like, why uh, weren't we a little bit more prepared for this? You know, it's only a matter of time, happen. right? It's only a matter of time before this happens and again. Really quickly. If you did see 60 minutes last night on Sunday they had a whole thing where they had red team training about this exact same scenario. You are now hit with a pandemic and they had all these different, um, like all these different professions at the table, one of them being CDC and China. And they outlined this exact scenario. Like what do you do to ensure your supply chain for things like masks, you know, all these things that, you know, again, could create a run like a false run or a true run on on supply um, occurs. What are you going to do and what's sort of the the protocol that you should follow? Because there should be a known um, a known process, right? Like you were saying, mm. this shouldn't be a surprise. Like the last thing you want is sort of the feeling that 
your government or your health providers or anyone who you look to as um, that you look to almost, I don't want to say authority, but that you look to for something like this is like unprepared. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. I mean, you want to be like, Oh, okay, this, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I do think that that in some ways is adding to the panic because you, you need, I hate this. This is like a saying I've heard in so many, like anybody who's got any kind of a corporate job, a steady hand on the tiller. On the t- uh, yeah, on the tiller, you know, like right, steady hand guiding the ship. But you think about that, and again, I'm not being political when I say this. I'm saying in general, what is the single best course of action? How do you set down the processes, and how do you disseminate information that is not going to freak people out, but is going to be accurate? I think is what you have to do. And like, what is the most realistic way of dealing with this? Because right now. You know, I I work in healthcare to a certain degree, and I will say that it's like it's challenging because I'm cynical to begin with, <laughs> and I don't. And it's like, oh god, I'm gonna talk about COVID again. Yeah. I can't stand it. But you know, like, but at the same time, like, you have to have somebody who's giving that type of guidance. But it has to be consistent. It has to it has to be national. It has to be something that you feel you feel is a safety net or else you're going to freak out and you're going to you're going to take matters into your own hands. It's my two cents. No, for I you're going to go to Target and buy as many boxes of Chardonnay as you possibly can, because you've heard you can make like my other favorite thing about this whole thing is like so if you run out of hand sanitizer, you can make it out of vodka. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You just make it put vodka in a little spray bottle. You'll be fine. Actually, so speaking of uh, speaking of going out and consuming, here's a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back! So, I actually wanted spritz, to get... Spritz, spritz, spritz. <laughs> So, I, I kind of wanted to get into the part. Spray myself down with a little vodka and bleach. Right, it's a good it's idea. Part, so actually, part of that at the end there that we were, before we went to the break, you were kind of touching on this idea of like the panic itself being the biggest, or like one of the worst things. You know what I mean? And actually, it's funny. Oh, I think yes. I saw like, you know, the the tweets that I've seen, it's it's interesting, right? So we, you know, like Marie mm-hmm. said, you are, you are, you're kind of working in like the healthcare sphere, let's say. And I work in mm-hmm. the engineering sciences, R&D kind of sphere. And um, it's it's actually been pretty crazy to me to see how, like, the first time I took this seriously, really, was when ginormous companies that I know from having done consulting work for them don't necessarily panic in like panic situations. You know I mean like they could have a plant on fire <laughs> with explosions and they're mm-hmm. like, we're going to shut off these four valves and we'll be fine. Um, yep. Those companies, as usual, those companies mm-hmm. are like, no one get on a plane. Don't bring anyone from outside into this campus. That's crazy. That's like, that's, that, that yeah. was the first thing that yeah. kind of made me like yeah. step back and think like, yeah, this is a little different. And then to have, um, yeah. and maybe this is just because this yeah. is the first, like, I wasn't on Twitter during, like, SARS and, like, all those other ones. But, no, but also you know seeing other really so smart people Twitter on Twitter. Twitter and SARS wasn't a thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, you know what I'm Twitter saying, though, right? SARS wasn't a, I don't think they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, being yeah, on no, being on this social media big, yeah. with these really smart people who are, like, epidemiologists and medical professionals and re- people who research, like, virus transmission and everything else kind of come out and say, like, hey – this is more serious than you think it is. Even if you aren't in that age population of like, you know, even if you're not in that bracket of people who is at risk of death from this, you will get sick Mm -hmm. and you could kill someone else through transmission, you know? And that's actually, I think one of the most, um, 
kind of like morb- flashback Thursday. Well, Sorry, no, just, almost morbidly <laughs> flashback Thursday. No, almost yeah. morbidly kind of comical tweets I saw about this was someone who like is an active like a vocal voice and like she is immunocompromised. Um, she posted a thing that was on Twitter that was basically like you know we can hear you when you say only the immunocompromised or old will die. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like, Ugh, yeah, that's, that's that that kind of sucks. You know, um, it's I don't know. Yeah. What, how about you? What do you what do you think, Maria? Are you are you uh, panicked? Well, so I'm not panicked yet. Uh, well, I mean, so the way I look at it, and again, like having conversations, talking to people about this, talking to to people that actually have knowledge in healthcare. Again, I do not, but I think the thing that's the thing that's worrisome is is when you see like the Louvre close, right? That was when I was like, what? Yeah. You know, they just shut down, right? Or or even how it is affecting um uh how it is affecting um like my husband normally works at the opera house and the ballet, and they've shut down both of those now because again, they don't want to bring people together in a in a big space. Um so when you start to see sort of these huge ripple effects things which you know again if it was just one it wouldn't be a big deal but you kind of start to get hit on all sides with the the financial implications Mm. the cultural implications sort of just the general fear that's when you're just left like oh my god i have no idea what's going like this seems really really bad um but what i think it comes down to is that you know um Again, you just have to be able to understand what is it that you have to do within this space and time to try and prevent yourself from getting sick. You probably will get sick, but to be as best prepared for that as possible. But then also like to contain that or mitigate that as best possible, which is, you know, with the washing of the hands, staying at home, just sort of listening to medical professionals about what your next steps are. And so I myself defer to the CDC, right? And it's again, like they're, they are the people that are the ones that are saying, so this is, this is the, what you need to be taking into consideration now, what you need to be doing now. Um, And that's really like, I don't want to panic because I feel like, again, that's, there's all these reasons why I feel like that would be very easy to do. And, but I'm trying not to. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know what I mean? It's like, cause yeah. I know, but like, it would be so like, there's just like, you know, you go and you're just like, people are buying stuff. I gotta buy that. Oh my God. I gotta buy that toilet paper. But you're kind of like, well, I don't know why. I don't know why I need to do this. And that kind of fear, that's, that's the real contagion in some ways too, is that you're just like, there's no control. There's no voice of reason. You know, it is, you know, not just Lord of the Flies, it's the zombie apocalypse. And it's like, no, the only thing that's going to hold us back from that is the idea that, you know, humanity has a measured approach. We're not in it by ourselves. And we have a shared responsibility to everyone else to be responsible. Yeah. And that's terrifying because people are idiots. I know, man. Like the, the honestly, it's the same. It's the same feeling. I'll never forget when I was like. I was like 12 or 13 or something. I went to Black Friday with one of my cousins. And it was terrifying. Like, so scary. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like big crowds to begin with. And then to have these people, like, fighting over crap and whatever. And it was like, oh, my God. You know, that was almost like the same feeling I got. So I I went to Target. So I travel for work all the time. So actually, I've traveled recently. I was, I was, um, I was on a plane. I was on a number of planes last week, you know? Um, and this is, this is a uh, Monday. What is this? Monday, March 9th, you know? So I was like sending people pictures of me on airplanes. Like, Hey, this is great. Uh, no one's flying. So all of my flights got upgraded. <laughs> like I didn't, Oh my God. I've never even flown this airline before. And they upgraded me. This is wonderful. <laughs> um, you know, at the same time, though, like the text from you where you're like, if I die of COVID, if I get the COVID out here, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. Um, no, I was really annoyed. I was like, I'm going to miss I'm going to miss Animal Crossing coming out. No way. Um, the the crazy thing or I think the thing the first thing that kind of made me be like, this is getting a little bit maybe out of hand feeling, at least in terms of not in terms of like the disease itself, but in terms of the people was before Minnesota even had a case. We went to Target 
in Shoreview, Minnesota, and um, which there's a very like bougie Target there. It's super nice. But anyways, we go to that Target, and they had no toilet paper, no bottled water, and no hand sanitizer anywhere. And like when you walked into, you just make when, your own. When you walked into, which was hilarious, was when you walked in, it was like spring. It, they had all these things up that were like for spring cleaning, but then it was like you know. Face masks and it's like yes, yeah, spring cleaning. My, you know, sure, spring cleaning. Um, so that that is one thing though that I think is really important is like you know, even though again, it, this is going to be like a really, it really is going to be like a really a particularly bad flu. Yes, we can't stress enough how important it is to be um, careful. You know, wash your hands. Try to stay inside if if you can, you know, just don't if especially if you have a, a family member who's don't. Yeah. You know, in an at risk population, whatever, just don't you know, don't be dumb. You know what I mean? Just take take your time. Don't go licking people upside the don't, head. That's don't the other thing, don't right? try to get out of don't try to get out of quarantine because you want to go skiing or whatever. Or Mm-mm. you decide you need to. This is the time for your balloon trip around the world or whatever. Like oh. the, some of the stories have been infuriating. And the thing that is the most infuriating about them is that I can see myself and my family members in some of those stories. There's one, there's the, the famous one coming out of Italy, right? Was, um, mm-hmm. what's it? Um, it's like this. So there's this, there's this Italian idea, which is like bending the rules, right? Have you ever heard of this before? Oh, Italy. No, but I can only imagine. Okay. I mean, basically, because it's in quarantine. I was going to ask, how is the family? I mean, do you have, like, is your mom concerned? Is there Are there people in the home country that are, like, you know, Well, so locked, what's locked crazy is, okay, so um, in, okay, so in Italy, right, there's this, mm-hmm. there's this kind of, like, idea, right? So Italy has always sort of been um, under the, under the thumb of, like, crappy rulers, you know what I mean? And never of like their own rulers, yeah. you know, until like Mussolini. Um, but Italy has always kind of been like, you know, we had Napoleon and then we had like, uh, you know, like emperors or, you know, there there've always been people in like Italian culture that are like telling the disparate parts of Italy what to do. And they're kind of like, yeah, to hell with you. Right. And so there's this idea called <laughs> um, it's called uh, Forbizia. Right. And it's this idea of it's literally like it's literally means like um, like almost like conniving or like clever i guess like to be clever enough to get around a rule you know and so it's like you know so like my mom all of my relatives love these things they love them you know what i mean and it's like in in new york city in new york city it's like it is a thing right people love the idea that like i you know i didn't pay the extra two dollars per kid at the buffet you know what I mean? Or like, I got a free, uh, I got a coupon. I used a coupon that was expired or mm-hmm. just little things like that. Right. And so there are these really funny stories coming out of Italy where it's like, you know, the government of Italy comes out and is like, don't leave your house. If you have the coronavirus or you've been to these areas and people are like, well, I don't ha- I don't have the coronavirus, but I've been to the area. So I'm going to leave. I'm just going to do whatever I want. You know what I mean? And yes. it's like, it's, it's, it's funny. Because you can you can hear like in your head there was a story in the New York Times about um, in Milan these old men were meeting at a bar in Milan and one of them was a guy who lived outside of like the border of the quarantine but he was sneaking through the border to come drink with his buddies <sighs> and he was just like he just has always done it and he's like well what are they gonna do you know what I mean and it's like. This isn't a time for rule bending, bro. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> like you're like an eighty year old man. You get here on a donkey. You know what I mean? You're gonna die. Your donkey's gonna die. Don't be a moron. But they're, they're just like screw that. I'm just gonna do what I want. Um. Anyways, oh. the family. My family in Italy is fine right now. My mom was really funny. So my mom lives in New York City, and when the first cases in Italy happened. She called me and she was like, Christopher, I'm worried about these coronavirus things. Mm-hmm. You know, they happen in Italy now. And it's like, mom, mm-hmm. it's not it's not specifically seeking out people from Italy. Like, it's not going to get you. You know what I mean? My mom's like, I'm Italian. Oh, my God. What if I get the coronavirus? Like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen that way. You're going to be fine. Well, I mean, you know, that's true. But she should get out a picture of the Pope or something. Just hold it. For 
Oh my god. Oh, poopy the Papa Papa the Pope Papa the Popo. Um yeah, it's it's intense, right? So there's like a oh, lot of Dora. There's a lot of it's it's interesting. So I don't know. I mean I'm I'll say this, right? A lot of my work stuff has been disrupted because like big <laughs> like like the AICHE conference in uh Houston, Texas this spring just got canceled. You know what I mean? ACS's can yeah. ACS's conference, the American Chemical Society in Philadelphia got canceled. The American Physics uh APS canceled their conference like people flew yeah. in that morning and found out that the conference was canceled and they were like, "Well, what are we going to do?" You know what I mean? So it's yeah. it's interesting again that there are these like there are these things happening um and yet in the midst of all this Maria, I'm happy to report I went to my first University of Minnesota basketball game and had a great time. Excellent. <laughs> a lot of people. Excellent. There were a lot of people around Excellent. me, so hopefully I don't get sick. But um Oh god. No, but but honestly oh though, it's honestly though, it you know just wash your hands. Yes. Just again, like I agree with you. You're like people are idiots, but it's also I, I think that that's that is the only I mean, there. It's, honestly, there's nothing you can do, right? I mean, it is a sickness. Right. It's a virus. It's not. It's not going to be reasoned with. It's not. It's not something that is. You know, that is within your realm of of natural control. You're going to have to try and adapt your behavior to mitigate now getting sickness. There is. There is that's one. Just a simple thing. There is one thing though. It's like, really hard. It's. It's not. It. It is not though. Like you know, I think when people think about diseases like this or viruses or whatever you know communicable diseases zombie apocalypse well i think honestly i think the movie ebola did a big disservice to us all um i never saw that oh my god marie i never saw ebola i don't ebola is Is that an actual movie no it was called outbreak i think i think it's called contagion i'm a moron no it's called called contagion no no no. it's called outbreak it's called outbreak yeah it's a documentary no 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 it's a movie it's about a it's about a monkey going around and like Biting people and giving people it's awesome. It's super scary. It's got a uh it's got a I just asked if that was a documentary. Oh my it's got a fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um Ooh, sign me up. Super good. So um I like it when they don't break sixty. That's some good film. That's a great film. So no no, but like in in reality though, right? In that movie, it's like they they're in like the room with the person that has the disease and then they their face they're they're like suit gets a hole in it and they're like, Oh, I'm going to Oh my God. And then they start like bleeding out of their mouth and nose and everything else. You know, that's not going to happen. Right. We, if there's one thing we do know, it's that healthcare workers who are treating people with this, who take proper precautions don't get sick. So it's not like, it's not transmitting through, uh, through masks. It's not transmitting through gloves. It's not, you know, all of those things are working. If this was Captain Trips, if this was Captain Trips, we would all be. It would have been much faster. Oh, like, it would have been. This was a true apocalypse, you know, zombie kind of super flu. We would have had. You would. Yes, there wouldn't be. We wouldn't be podcasting. That being said, so though. Fortunately for you, we still are. Right. It's great. That being said, though, the masks do nothing if you aren't sick. Like, the masks are only to protect <laughs> other people from you. You know what I mean? We've been joking about, so at my work, we have been discussing the masks and we've been all like kind of joking because my one coworker has been like, yeah, man, you know which one I want? I want the N95 from, from Wu-Tan itself. And I'm like, oh, Supreme just dropped their, their N95. <laughs> and he's like, I want that. And I'm like, I know, but it's sold out already. And he's like, oh, man. So I feel like, yeah, it almost becomes this weird, like, you don't need a mask. Like I don't, again, like no. the mask, the masks that you would be able to get your hands on are not the masks that, that any kind of, you shouldn't just let the health professionals, right? Be. Like just wash your hands, man. Right. Wash your just hands. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. I know it's hard as someone who like twirls their hair, like, like an idiot on the train all the time and in public places and everything else. Um, I understand it's hard, Wash your hands, play with a fidget spinner or something, like keep them off your damn face. Um, yes. The other thing, well, too. Yeah, just the try. Other, I mean, slime. I slime don't know how is great. I have days, no idea. Slime. And well, so that's, that's the other thing, too, I think. The reason that this is being taken so seriously, besides the fact that just like, you know, everyone loves a good horror story, the reason I think yes. that this is being taken so seriously, though, 
you know, in all seriousness, is because it can transmit to people with relatively mild symptoms who are healthy, and and those are the vast majority of people, right? Um, it has a much better chance of going undetected. And so if you are like, you know, it's it's not again, it's not really hard to think, you know, um you go to uh you go to a bar and someone is there who's just recently um gone back from a trip to Italy or you know, forget Italy, gone back from New York or anywhere else that has big outbreaks mm-hmm. right now. Um they, Seattle. Right. They saw they 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 were on the train with somebody or on a bus or whatever. Um, they unwittingly have it and they're another carrier. They give it to you and you work in a hospital or you work in a, in an old folks home or you work at a kindergarten or you, you work in a, yeah, you work in a super supermarket. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Somebody, and then you give it to somebody who does work in it. It's like, yeah. Right. It's so it's not, it's not hard to, it's not hard to unwittingly be like that chain person in that link where, even if you don't think like, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. The last time I saw an old person was, you know, uh, you know, you know in, in reality, though, right? Like, old Tepa. No, 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 but seriously, like, the, like the last old time, yes. the, the last time that I was in like an old folks home was a long time ago. You know what I mean? But, um, but I see lots of people during my daily life. You know what I mean? And I work from home. Like, I'm not even, you know. No. And you have a social responsibility. Like, yes. this because you are part of uh, the human race, right? And it's like you have a responsibility to everyone else to try to do your best to not spread this contagion. And that is the bare minimum, just washing your hands, just being aware of it and not bogarting all of the vodka. That's it. It's all I'm asking. No, for sure, yeah. It's not so, a butt. So listeners, at the, at the end of the day <sighs> with this whole thing, I mean, yeah, like, like Marie keeps saying and, and we keep kind of harping on here, right? Wash your hands, um, you know, be careful, just be smart. Don't, um, I don't know, don't put yourself in, in kind of, I don't know, don't go, don't go on a cruise. Don't stop with the cruises. Oh, God, we didn't even, right here's now. the beautiful thing is we got done with this entire thing. We didn't even touch the cruises. Well, they're just, they're just. Like, that's, that's, that's it. Oh, my well, God. You know what's right? funny? You know what's actually funny is in, in the very early period, like the Renaissance around there, the first mental asylums and the first like like leper colonies and whatever in Italy were boats. Mm-hmm. They were barges that just hung out off the coast. You know what I mean? And it's like we we are kind of, you know, all it took was a buffet to make that chill. You know, like all it took, all it took was, have, was have diarrhea. Have you been on a cruise? I have. I love cruises. Have you been on a cruise? Cruises are awesome. So Paul and I went on a cruise and I swear to God, the funny thing is it was the exact same boat as the one that is now oh, no. hopefully at this point. Yeah. It was, it was the princess. Right. And we were looking at the pool and I was like, that is the exact same boat that we were on. Holy. Sh-. I mean, that's, it's, it was, but it's insane. Like to me, it's almost like, okay, not to be gross about it on a, on a financial level, but like, if you want to talk about an industry that is ready for a rebirth and quote unquote disruption cruise line, Right. I mean, the cruise line has had nothing but like gross, gross, you know, exploitation of going into ports and, you know, just exploiting sort of the native population for these, you know, for tourism. It's had health issues, just um, just abundancy of that. And it's just sort of like, you know, again, a layover from the late 70s, early 80s. This is a good time to really be talking and thinking about um travel and how do we experience and think about travel and how what's what is actually more interesting and something that we could be doing that's different yeah well the man alive uh yeah the the thing that's really quick story here's a really quick story but you're gonna love this we were doing okay we're on one of those excursions and it's to like you go out and you pet the um the stingrays right Uh and there's like they drop us off at this this sand barge okay and it's water up to your waist and i swear to god it's just like a million stingrays and it's sort of scary because again these are not these are kitties these are not these are these are like frightening animals and we're next to another family and the woman's is there and i'm not gonna you know it's a gross overstatement to say she, new jersey she's like you're gonna love them they're just like velvet you're gonna want them dress made out of them <laughs> but the guy who was yeah and i was like oh my lord you know 
Um, they're so soft. You're going to want to make a dress out of them. And then, but the guy who was driving our boat got stung by a barb. Oh my God. Through his hand. He's bleeding. We're out in the middle of God only knows where there's no, there's no, um, you know, again, it's not like there's a lot of protocol. So fortunately some fishermen took him back to Cozumel or whatever. (laughs) But I'm like, this is not good. Like this is not sustainable, healthy, (laughs) Um, you know, you have this, this wild, you know, you have this, these wild animals that are like, you're trying to treat like sea kitties that are made out of velvet. It's not a good idea. Get this man a pina colada quick. (laughs) He needs a, he needs a curly straw. (laughs) He was like, literally this kid was like maybe, maybe 17 and he was so pale. And I was just like, that's not good. And you know, and the other, the other guys are like, oh, this hardly ever happens. And I'm like, really? Cause, uh. He looks like he's yeah. So <laughs> right. That's oh, that's boy. my that is my my tour of uh my cruise lines. Good times. The princess. Yeah, I got anyhow. It's it's good times. You know, it's funny. They're um, yeah. They're it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. I don't know. We haven't done enough haunted ship stories, Marie. <gasps> oh, you had me at haunted ship. You haunted you do haunted ship one. All right. Anyways, your listeners, we're gonna do haunted ships. Stay safe. We love you all. Stay safe. We Be love careful. you all. Wash your hands. Oh, and um, Wash your hands and don't panic. It's no, going to be okay. Don't panic. It'll be fine. Listen, Just worst get, case scenario. Get some vodka. Wash your hands. You'll be fine. Yeah, worst case scenario, you know, chill, stay at home, watch Netflix. You know what I mean? It'll be great. It's this, all good. There's never been a better time, Marie, to cancel plans, which is <laughs> my favorite thing to do. I love that. Oh, my God. I know. Introverts unite. Thank you again, dear listeners, for listening to the Mad Scientist podcast. I have been your host, Chris Cogswell, joined by my co-host, Marie Mayhew. If you'd like to contact the show, please send us an email at themadscientistpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at madscientistpod or at teamgiantsquid for Marie. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, on Instagram, and all over the internet as the Mad Scientist Podcast. And again, our logo is the one with the pumpkin head, so it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed the show tonight, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where the money that you give to us will help us to promote this show further, to make it better, and just to spend more time making it. Yes, we love doing that. We do love doing that. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen, our... Web design is done by Desdemona Howard. Woo-hoo. And our sound design is done by Jake Cardinal. Thanks again for listening. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a damn it chippy production. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.